0: welcome back to who's on the lord's side today's episode is entitled daring to be like daniel okay, so daniel in the book of daniel is one of the most amazing people in the bible and what i believe is an outstanding example of how a person or a believer a follower of the one true god the god of abraham isaac and jacob a great example of how one can lead a successful godly life in the midst of a fallen and perverted society such as the one we live in today. Um, What's interesting enough about Daniel's day that's very similar to our day is that he was living in a Babylonian empire or um, kingdom or he was in captivity in one and was subjected to a lot of the um, godless changes that they were making to the jews that they had encountered or had enslaved at the time so they were taking away their gods they were taking away their names they were taking away their identity they were just stripping them of everything that they were as children of israel with the promise and starting to give them this new babylonian kind of like um identity or brainwashing so to speak so if you're of If you're one of the faint-hearted believers out there, or if you know people who are, I'd just like to encourage you to take a lesson from the life of a man named Daniel, a man with a backbone. So before I begin, and I'll just be going briefly through the chapters, I just wanted to bring up, I'm sure many are familiar with his story, but I did want to just say that Daniel, the name Daniel means God is my judge, okay? Okay. And we're going to see as we go along that we're not going to just be talking about Daniel, but we're going to be talking about Daniel and his friends, okay? Because it was four of them. It was three friends that he had with them, and they, his friends, too, were tested. They were tested about once, but you could tell throughout the entire time they were there. They probably were just as loyal faithful to God as Daniel was, but Daniel is the one um, that is more focused, okay? So in Chapter 1 of Daniel, we have... We have uh, Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, going into Jerusalem and sieging it, okay? So because he sieged it um, and took it, I believe from Jehoiakim, he also took Nebuchadnezzar, the vessels from the house of God, okay? And he carried them all back to the land of Shinar, which... Shinar is Mesopotamia, which is Babylonia, which is where you have Ur of the Chaldeans. Um, what else is over there that I could. Um, but they're all inter- in, in Mesopotamia, and what I'll say the, for the Fertile Crescent, they're all interchangeable. So the king, though, specifically Nebuchadnezzar, was looking for, I guess you could say, children or special children. Who were young, but he wanted them to be special with no no blemish. Who were well favored and skillful, and things like wisdom, knowledge, understanding, science, and um, one that he just felt were like capable to become the best things that he could who who could learn that he could pour into and use them in his kingdom. And also he wanted them to learn the tongue of the Chaldeans. So it was a lot of things that not only did he want them to be the best from the kingdom that he just seized, or the best youth from the kingdom of of, of the Jews that he just had seized, But he wanted um, to retrain them up and rebrainwash them so that he now they could be the best of the best that they could be for his uh, Babylonian pagan kingdom. So the first time that Daniel is tested in this new kingdom, I mean, or that we see that he's tested is when. Um, well, first of all, let's talk about his friends. So the first thing that happens, that I guess you, can, you could say they couldn't change, but I guess amongst themselves, they still call themselves that their names were changed. So you had Daniel, and they're all from the tribe of Judah. They're all from the tribe of Judah. So you had Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. But they changed their names. So Daniel became Belteshazzar. Hananiah became Shadrach, Mishael began Meshach, and Azariah became Abednego, okay, and they didn't want to, because at this point, because they were chosen by the king, they were supposed to be treated fairly. And treated fairly meant like you got special treatment or special privilege. So it's kind of like everyone's enslaved in your group, but you kind of either had the house Negro mentality or the field Negro kind of mentality. It's so the best way that I could put it. And so they were offered uh, certain specific meats and food that Daniel and his friends did not want to eat. And they did not want to eat it because they knew it went against God's dietary laws in uh, Leviticus and that they were unclean. Now, did they have... The right to maybe just say, hey, I don't want to eat the unclean meats and stuff. Yeah, they sure they did. But Daniel went a step further and just, and hey, let's be honest, Daniel could have threw out the food and acted like he ate it. They all could have did that. They all could have got the food and acted like they, like they ate it, but they didn't eat it. There's like a million ways that they could have kind of like just secretly, um, I guess you could say without upsetting the Babylonian rulers or emperors or people that was on top of them, like the eunuchs or the people who were watching them. And still please God at the same time, but you know, that's not what they did. So Daniel decided that, um, I'm going to read from Daniel verse one, chapter one, verse eight up until 21. So it says, but Daniel proposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the King's meat nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Said so now God had brought Daniel into favor and tender love with the prince of the eunuchs. And the prince of the eunuchs said to Daniel, I fear, Lord, I fear the king who hath appointed your meat and your drink for why Should he see your faces worse liking than the children which are of your sword, then he shall make me in danger, um, and basically kill me, so to speak. So Daniel says, Look, all right, he makes a deal with him and he says, Um, let us prove to you that you that you won't be wrong if you do this what I'm telling you to do it won't be that you'll get in trouble because we look worse off than what we were actually gonna look better. So how about for ten days you know you give us pulse to eat and water so pulse will be like fruits or vegetables, mostly like fruits and vegetables, okay no meat and then obviously no wine and no no sugar or anything but water and so at the end of the ten days they look better and fairer and fatter and everything than than and way better than the others that were with them. Who were also of the children of Israel? Because you got to remember, if they or, and of the tribe of Judah, because you got to remember, if they were um, imprisoned and enslaved, there was other people there who also were were subjected to eating unclean food and unclean meats. It's just that it just so happened to be Daniel and his friends, his three friends, who happened to um, speak up. You know, and they like I said, they could have hit it, but they spoke up and they said something. So that's the first thing I want to say that there's a lot of things that's going on in this world today as believers we see it and we know like for instance uh here in new york city i mentioned a previous episode like they put up the molten calf the i guess it's bronze it's not gold but it's it's a molten calf and they put the little girl there and they called it the um fearless girl display but really it's a pagan tribute to the pagan god Molech and uh child sacrifice which was something that Molech was that the people of the time did. And not only that, it was a Babylonian tradition, which also symbolizes, again, that we're in Babylon now. And then I also mentioned that here in New York City and also in London, they have erected um, an archway, which is the art or the gateway to the Temple of Baal. Now they're saying, because they always make up some kind of um, story behind what it is so that you can see it for something else other than what it truly is. But it's just like scripture says, those who have eyes, let them see, and those who have ears, let them hear. And so what you have is a symbol of the Temple of Baal in not only Babylon itself, which if if you ask me, there's two. You could say it's the United Kingdom, but if you want to say the first and main one is the United States of America. But in the heart of Babylon, which is NYC and not Washington, D.C., just because the White House is there, that means nothing. That's where they have a lot of offices. If you want to talk about where their money is and where Wall Street is and the Federal Reserve Bank is, you're talking about New York City. So why would you put that there and also in London town? You know, so, again, that's also signs of bail or again or or or. I want to say Babylonian influence here. So now, what believers should have done? Of course, we somebody would probably get in trouble for it. But you know, you either pro not not in trouble for protesting if it's peaceful. But I mean, you got some people that go to the stream that should have really knocked it down or, or or destructed it at some point, just as just just to show them that, you know, you can't do this, like, in the name of the most high. Now, Daniel and them don't seem like a violent bunch, but, I mean, as as far as a simple protest or speaking up of simply saying, look, hey, this is wrong, which people have done, they have made videos or wrote articles about it, or everybody has, ex- you know, exposed it, but what about, and those are the Daniels of our day, like, you do have Daniels of our day, that's the thing, what I'm saying, you do have Daniels of our day who are taking the time, no matter how stupid we may look or sound, that's going out here, and, um, even if we're, we're not fighting the system itself every day, we're fighting people, you know, and their beliefs as we're trying to um, reach out and do. But so at the end of the 10 days, basically everything was OK. So I just wanted to point out that they were like the only four out of I'm sure. Like, come on, it was a king who seized an entire nation, well, not nation, but a, an entire town or city. So, you know, he had a couple hundreds of thousands of them there. So then after the length of time because the king had asked that you please feed these special kids from um, Judah that we just seized and enslaved that are the best the best over there after you feed them the meat and drinks that I want them to eat which he felt was the best of the best after a certain period of time bring them to me so that I can meet them so now the period of time passed where they were supposed to, but see, the king doesn't know though that they were eating, um, they were on a pretty much like, almost like a vegan diet where they were just pretty much eating fruit and vegetables and water. So after the time, the king, um, it says in verse 19 in chapter one that, and the king communed with them and among them all was found none like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore they stood before the king and in all matters of wisdom, And understanding that the king inquired of them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and the astrologers that were in all his realm. And Daniel continued even unto the first year of King Cyrus. And because of this, Daniel was favored upon many kings from um, Nebuchadnezzar all the way up until King Cyrus. Now, then chapter 2. You have Nebuchadnezzar having these dreams and he doesn't know uh what to do, and he goes about calling his magicians or what he would also call Chaldeans. There's many times that he um his he look like in verse ten of chapter two it says, The Chaldeans answered before the king and said, There is not a man upon the earth that can show you the matter of your dream. Basically saying it's impossible. So there is they were saying, um, The thing that you're asking is impossible for any magician, astrologer, or, again, Chaldean. Now, Chaldean, again, it comes from the people of Ur of the Chaldeans, okay, which is in Mesopotamia, which is in Babylon, which is Shinar. It's all interchangeable. It's a bunch of different cities that was there, Akkad and Erech and all this other stuff. But for the most part, you know that um, the Chaldeans, so you're talking about, like, a a people who are advanced anyway. The king... Gets so upset with them that he decides that he wants to kill everybody in the land, all the wise men, and um, all the all the all the good uh, soothsayers or bad soothsayers doesn't matter. But the only thing about this is that Daniel and his friends are going to be included in this group, and so Daniel trying to figure out what's going on and trying to see what he could do to save his friends, he finds out from the the. Guy above them that's watching them, that the issue is that uh, the king is upset because he cannot have his dream interpreted and so he wants them all killed. Which is when Daniel goes into his friends and they all do see, this is the other thing like they pray, so they prayed on the situation. So even though they know that God is with them, and no matter what the situation is, God is with them, they still uh, commune together, sat down, and prayed. And it was that night when Daniel laid down that he got the vision about what the dream was, and um, of course, the king. Loved him from there He actually bowed down and worshipped Daniel So in, in chapter 2 verse 46 We have Then the king Nebuchadnezzar fell on his face And worshipped Daniel and commanded That they should offer an ovulation And sweet orders unto him And the king answered unto Daniel And said oh of a truth It is that your God Capital G Is the God Capital G of Gods Little G and a lord of kings and a revealer of secrets, seeing thou couldst reveal this secret. Because not only did the king tell the wise men and the, and the, um, Chaldeans and all them. He didn't just tell them, oh, you know, interpret my dream. He said, I'm not even going to tell you. He was so stubborn. He said, I'm not even going to tell you what the dream is. It is for you to tell me what the dream is and then also for you to tell me the interpretation of the dream. He said, because if I tell you the interpretation, if I tell you the dream and then you tell me the interpretation, he felt in his heart that um, it would not be the right answer. So he said, if, you, if in order for me to know that you could really, really ease my mind because these dreams were so troublesome, I would only know that you're telling the truth is if you could also, one, tell me what how powerful was you know, is if you could tell me one, what the dream was, and then two. This is why they were saying, that's impossible. Can't nobody do that. So when Daniel came and did it with the power of the Most High, which which I also want to say, when there's an obedience to God, when you have a relationship and a certain type of obedience to God, and you keep His ways, and you do it as best you can, and you're prayerful in the times that you can't, because nobody's perfect. You know, you not only do you have a supernatural covering on your life, but there's just some kind of, I wouldn't say like it's a power because it's not yours. You don't own it, but it's something that will come on. You. and I feel like the more and more you dive in and the more and more you stay there, the more and more you read or you listen or you inquire or you wonder or you pray, you know, until so you just kind of stay under that umbrella of protective, um unconditional love, safety and um, joy and comfort. You know what I mean? Like there's nothing but a power that can come from it. So there's no way that Daniel would have had that um, power come on him, like Moses would have never had that power on him, like Yeshua never um, had that power come on him, you know what I mean, if it was not for the fact that they were obedient people who um, God beloved, so I don't feel that, the, you know, some of these things that these people in the Bible have experienced as far as a power is something that's unattainable, I just feel like a lot of us are really, really lost Um, we're not completely worshiping him in spirit and in truth anymore. Like they were doing in those days because a lot of things have been like this Babylonian empire here is uh, in the, in the book of Daniel, it's the same thing going on over here. So what's the first thing they did when they got up in there, they changed Daniel and his friend's name. So they became Belteshazzar, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Now, when you think about the people of the world who's ever been enslaved, especially the Negro people, um, you know that the first thing they did was change their name. So there's a lot of Johnsons and Williamses and Freemans and all of this walking around here, but that's not necessarily their traditional ancestral name. Now, what those names are, you know, that's for everybody, if they ever have find the time or curious enough in time in life to try to do their own research, but my point is, for the most part, there's so many of us walking around here, even if it's not an African American, but there's a lot of people who are misplaced and the last things that you have aren't necessarily yours, so that's the that's one of the main things they do in slavery, okay, now the next thing they're going to try to do in slavery was brainwashes our religion and all this stuff, that's the second thing they're trying to do, so if they, they're taking away his God, and you're going to see later on, they try to take it away again too, his ability to pray, but... <clears throat> We see now that in chapter 3, Nebuchadnezzar has a nerve to erect this um, golden image of himself, which then causes him to um, have another dream or a vision of a tree, which Daniel also interprets, and um, it's not uh, good for him. So now I want to talk about um, when his friends... We're not going to bow down and worship this image. So first, let me read about the image that he put up in chapter three, verse one. So Nebuchadnezzar, the king, made an image of gold whose height was three score cubits and the breadth thereof six cubits. He set it up in the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Then Nebuchadnezzar, the king, sent to gather together the princes, the governors, the captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, and all the rulers of the provinces to come to the dedication of the image which Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. Okay. Verse 3, Then the princes, the governors, the captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, and all the rulers of the provinces were gathered together unto the dedication of the image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. And they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then a herald cried aloud, To you it is commanded, O people, nations, and languages, that at what time ye hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, dulcimer, and all kinds of music, ye fall down and worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king has set up. And whosoever falleth not down and worship Shall the same hour be cast into the mist of a, of a burning fiery furnace. Okay, so what we have here at that time is that the um horn trumpet sound, right? But it just came to the point that three people... Because Daniel probably wasn't even around when this was happening. Even though they were all favored by the king, Daniel was a little bit closer to the king. They said inside the king's gates. So I figured that's somewhere inside where that may have been like in the king's kingdom, but somewhere outside in the quarters. The other three, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So there were certain Jews, it says in verse 12, um, who have not... Regarded thee and they have not served your gods or worshiped the golden image. Okay, so then Nebuchadnezzar, in his rage, said fury, had fury, and commanded them to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to him. And so, what I love now, next, I have to read it is the answer or the conversation between the king and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego when the king confronts the three of them as to why is it that you are not bowing down to my idolatry? blasphemous golden image that i've made of myself so it says nebuchadnezzar in verse 14 of chapter three spake and said unto them is it true O shadrach meshach and abednego do not ye serve my gods um uh, not worship the golden image which i have set up now if ye be ready that at what time ye hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, and dulcimer, and all kinds of music, ye fall down and worship the image which I have made. Well, but if ye worship not, ye shall be cast in the same hour into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? You know what I mean? Meaning, I'm going to do this to you. I, I'm gonna, It's basically, it's almost like it's a warning. Because I heard you didn't do it. And it's almost like saying, because I, like, I like Daniel, and Daniel's my friend, and I keep him on my right hand, <laughs> you know, because I like you guys as well. I'm going to try to act like I didn't see this. So the next time you hear this, you know, you don't do it, you know, I'm going to let you know. You, now I'm telling you to your face in case you didn't get the memo, but I'm sure you did because I'm the king and I called the whole world out. Because as you can see in verse chapter 3, verse uh, 3, it says princes, governors, captains, judges, treasurers, counselors, sheriffs, rulers, province, everybody came. So he knows. So the, the king, he's the king. He doesn't have to do this. So you could tell that there's like some kind of a level of respect, but then he tries to scare them at the end and say, well, I'm going to throw you into this fiery furnace. Which God is of yours is going, to, is going to deliver you out? So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this manner. Did you hear that? Oh, never can answer. Oh, never can answer. We are not careful to answer thee in this matter. Meaning, you know what? We're not even going to hold out tongues. Like, we know good and daggone well we could die. Like, you're, you're, you are you're, can kill us. You will. I mean, as far as, like, you want to. Like, when you say you want to do it or that you're going to do it, like, we know that you're going to do it. You know that you want to do it. But at the same time, it's like, um, but there's a bigger thing going on here that's bigger than you and that's bigger than me. And that thing is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the one true God of this universe, the God that I serve no matter who, no matter where I stand, even before this king right here who is starting to kill my life because I won't worship his his statue, as idolatry, blasphemous statue of himself, okay? Something that will dare my soul. And something that will hurt my relationship with God. You know, something that I know that if, if I don't do and I speak up for God, I trust and believe in my God so much and his power and his in His and his, um, covering in, on me that I feel comfortable enough to stand up to this king, this mighty king and tell him no. So I love that they said, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. So they said, if it be so. Our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of the hand of our king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Then was Nebuchadnezzar full of fury and the former's visage changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Therefore he spake and commanded that they should heat up the, the furnace 7 times more than it was, so um said it won't be too heated. And he commanded that the most mighty men that were in the army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats, their hosen, their hats, and their garments, and they were cast into the fiery furnace. Now, as we know in the story, um, Nebuchadnezzar, at some point during this burning, wanted to see if they were dead, and he looks in and he he finds that... um. He's astonished to see what he sees. And he turns to the three men that bound him. And he says, um, he's like, um, I, what's going on here? And they're like, what do you mean? And he said, did we not cast three men into the fire? Like, there's three men, right? And they were like, yeah, it was three men. Why? He said, well, I see four walking in the midst of the fire. You know, they have no hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the son of God. And that's how we know, like, you know, that was either the Savior or most everybody knows it's like pre-incarnated Christ that came, and of course from then on he um bound down and worshipped uh, the um the God Abraham Isaac and Jacob. Well, I mean at least to just not to transfer over and convert, but to at least admit the power that he had. It was the same that he did with Daniel the first time around. Now, the fiery furnace. I wanted to bring up the fiery furnace story that um was in the in the ancient book of Joshua concerning um concerning. Abraham, because he too was put into the fire furnace. But I'm going to take a break, and when I come back, we're going to finish talking about that. See you after the break. Who's on the Lord's side? Welcome back from break. Um, when we left off, we were talking about Daniel and the um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were in the fiery furnace, but they were delivered out. And when they came out, they didn't have a hair singed on them. Nebuchadnezzar again was in awe. And then I said that I wanted to share something that you might have never heard of, which was in the book of Jasher, which I mentioned probably, I think, in every episode by now. It was a book that was in the Bible originally. It's originally referenced and it's still referenced in Joshua chapter 10, 13 and 2 Samuel chapter 1, verse 18. Now, in Jasher, we find out that Nimrod tried to kill baby Abram because he found out through um, the Chaldeans and the Soothsayers and the magicians that uh, the child that was born unto Terah, which was Abram's father, which was Abram, the baby, would grow up and be a mighty nation of nations that would just um, take over And this is Nimrod, Nimrod, who actually ordered him to be killed. And you got to remember that Nimrod was the um, first, I I mean, like mega antichrist who... Rebelled against God. His name actually literally means rebel or the rebeller. I did um, um previous episodes about Nimrod's return. So to hear about Abraham being born and wanting him killed, I wouldn't say it's the same as the Messiah or Herod Herod hearing about the Messiah, but it'll be the same thing because it's like if I'm literally almost filled with the devil, because that's technically what he was. That's how he was able to have the whole power. You don't do that with the normal. You don't do that with normal human power overtake the whole world you know what i'm saying like you had to have some kind of supernatural force come over and possess you and that same spirit is going to come back again to possess the antichrist and do it all over again to create the second new world order because they're trying to do it again but god stopped it so anyway <clears throat> tara thinking quickly is like no you're not gonna kill my kid you know so he gets another baby i guess like a from a servant or something and then um sacri- they end up sacrificing the baby and the herod did it himself he wasn't comfortable i mean not herod um Nimrod did it himself. He was not comfortable with um just letting anybody else do it. he needed to do with his own bare hands just so he could be comfortable and know that he killed the whole thing. That little baby that's supposed to do the, the Messiah thing uh, is not coming back for me to curse the, the head of the serpent, so to speak. So now it came to pass that in Jasher, this is a time when Abraham comes to confront his father about 12 statues that he's been worshiping. That's in chapter 11. So chapter 11... Um, Verse 13, it says Abraham visits Terah, and uh, that's when he sees about the gods. But then he got so angry at the gods after finding out who the true God Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, what he realized it was idol worship. He broke the gods, you know, and, and to pieces. And when Terah found out and confronted him, he said, Why would you do this? And he said, Well, the gods uh, spoke to him. He, you know, he tried to make up a quick lie about it, but then his father admitted. The same thing that uh, Abram already knew, like how could the gods talk or speak? They're only made of wood and stone. They're not real. So then he got so upset, terror over the, these these um these this materialistic non-real gods that were broken into pieces, that he ran and gave up uh, Abram to Nimrod, who was still alive because this was only probably 10 or 15 years after the fact. So he said, "Remember that child that you thought that I gave you to kill, so to speak." That you thought that you killed, and Nimrod's like, yeah, what about him? He's like, well, I lied. This is him here, and he just broke the twelfth. So when that happened, Nimrod is going crazy. Like, what? He's still alive, and he goes after Abram, and he throws Abram into the fire, and so um. <clears throat> okay, so I'm just gonna read. Uh, when they did when they did that, so that this is uh Jasher, chapter twelve verse 23 and they bound their hands and their feet with linen cords and the servants of the king lifted them up and cast them both into the furnace now i want you to know that this was haran the son um abram's brother and abram so abram and haran was both thrown to the fire now and the lord loved abram and he had compassion over him and the lord came down and delivered abram from the fire and he was not burned but all the cords with which with they were bounded him with were burned and abram were, remained and walked in the fire and haran died it said they had cast him into the fire and he was burned to ashes for his heart was not perfect with the lord i'm going to read that again abram got thrown into the fire with his brother haran that's how wicked terror was because this is before he found the lord this is before they got up out of the land of ur this is before the calling and all of that This is why Abraham was called to get up out of there. This was not a a godly nation. This was a pagan Babylonian nation. Okay, Nimrod was in rule, for crying out loud. This was Babylon. This is how Babylon was getting down. So, again, it says, and Haran died in the fire. Why did he die in the fire? It says he was burned to ashes, for his heart was not perfect with the Lord. And those men who cast him into the fire, the flame of the fire spread over them, and they were burned. And 12 men then died. So it was Haran, Abram, and 10 other men. And out of the 12 men out there, Abram was the only one. It's because his heart and his connection with God. That's another reason I want to share this story. Again, this is in the ancient book of Jasher, chapter 12. I started at verse 23. Now, it says, Abram walked in the midst of the fire three days and three nights. And all the servants of the king saw him walking in the fire. And they came and told the king, saying... Behold, we have seen Abram walking about in the midst of the fire, and even the lower garments which are upon him are not burned, but the cord which he was bound with is burned. And when the king heard their words, his heart fainted, and he would not believe them. So he sent other faithful princes to see the matter. And they went and saw it and told it to the king. And the king arose to go see it, and he saw it. Abram walking to and fro in the midst of the fire and he saw Haran's body burned and the king wondered greatly and the king ordered Abram to be taken out from the fire. This is Nimrod and his servants approached to take him out and they could not for the fire was round about and the flame ascending towards them from the furnace. And the king's servants fled from it, and the king rebuked them, saying, Make haste and bring Abram out of the fire. You shall not die. And the servants of the king again approached to the and, and burnt their faces, so that eight of them died. So even going in to get Abram out, that's how hot it was. They couldn't even go in, but the king said, Go get him now or else. And they went in there trying to get him, and they still died and got there or else anyway. Meanwhile, he was in there walking three days and nights, so you can imagine how hot that fire was so anyway it said um, the servants uh, died and when the king saw that his servants could not approach the fire lest they should be burned the king called Abram called to Abram Then, then he said O servant of the God who is in heaven go forth from the midst of the fire and come hither to me and Abram hearkened to the voice of the king and he went forth from the fire and came and stood before the king and when Abram came out the king and all his servants saw Abram coming before the king with his lower garments upon him, for they were not burned, but the cord which was with him or bound about him was burned. And the king said to Abram, How is it that thou wast not burned in the fire? And Abram said to the king, The God of heaven and earth, in whom I trust and who has all in his power, he delivered me from the fire into which thou didst cast me. And Haran, the brother of Abram, was burned to ashes, and they sought for his body and found it consumed. And Haran was 82 years old when he died in the fire of Kazdem, and the king and the princes of the land, seeing that Abram was delivered from the fire. Now, <clears throat> I'm going to also talk about last, the last thing in um, Daniel, but I had to bring that up. But before I go there, I wanted to see if I could find... see i'm sorry i'm trying to see if i could find where in the bible it says that haran died okay uh, uh. okay let's see it says um terror to korean his sons and they went forth and they dwelt there in a day of terror. Now I don't know where it ever says it. I'm pretty sure it does say that he died though. But that's how he died because you remember you gotta remember that um Sarah was Haran's daughter and so was Lot. You know, so that's how he ended up adopting Lot. Why how could why would he adopt a lot? Abraham adopt Lot or take over Lot if Lot had a father. Haran was Lot's father. If Lot's father had died, that's how he died. Anyhow, <clears throat> then you have the situation with Daniel, the last situation where um the princes over oh, this is after Nebuchadnezzar loses his mind and turns into like some animal being thing and is exiled by the people and is running around losing his mind eating grass and then till the day he dies and then his son Belshazzar takes over and he's only reigning a short time before he gets crazy and forgets about what his father went through disobeying the true God Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and he asks them to bring the vessels um, from the gold vessels and the silver vessels that were from the temple that his, that his father had uh sieged and they wanted to drink from it and party and drink from it so when they did that that's when the hand came out the fingers came out with the writing on the wall that said many many tackle uh something excuse excuse me for not remembering but and then he could not even know what it was and then uh his wife came in and said well don't calm down there's a guy in the land that your father used to use he's really really good let's just get him and they called um daniel And Daniel told him that it meant that his um, kingdom was uh, pretty much done with and that it would be divided by the Persians and the Medes. And come to find out, like, the same night, not even 30 minutes after he said, not even five minutes after he said that, who comes in? King Darius. King Darius ends up killing Belshazzar that night, um, and then Babylon gets split between the Persians and the Medes. So now sometime after that, King Darius um, gets to know Daniel. Of course, like all the kings get to love. No, Daniel. They said Daniel was there from King Nebuchadnezzar all the way up until King Cyrus. So now you have King Darius loving Daniel. And so um, there are people who are growing to hate Daniel who are in the king's quarters, so to speak. And they want to conspire against him, it's just like the world today, to try to trip him up. So they get the king to agree that um, no one should pray. And if anyone is caught praying, that they are going to um, throw them in the lion's den. And so, of course, before this, they were trying to find all things wrong with Daniel. They couldn't find anything wrong with Daniel. So they said, listen, if we're going to find anything wrong with Daniel at all, it's going to have to do with something concerning his religion because he's just too upright, too perfect. He doesn't do anything. So they are say we have, it would have to be something that we'd have to make it so that his religion is a way that. So what they did was say, we know he can't resist his God. We know that he cannot resist praying. We know how him and his three friends roll if we make the king or persuade the king to write and sign a decree that says that if anybody's caught praying to their own god that's not his god or the god of babylon or whatever i mean not am per- persia per- medes because the persian media uh, people had split up, up by then then um they would be thrown to the lion's den so when the king signed it they all they did all they had to do was just hang out around daniel's uh i want to say apartment but wherever daniel was outside and just overhear him praying which is exactly what they did and so because they were so excited about it they ran they ran straight to the king and said hey king didn't you say that if anybody was caught praying you know that you would throw them in a lion's den? and the king's like yes i said that and he's like what well, we call daniel and that hurt the king because he did, he didn't think things through he didn't think daniel would do that but then it was daniel but then he had he was he had to do what he had to do he was the king so he threw him in there, but the whole time he was tormented and sick about it and lamented. And then the next day, of course, he ran in there only to find that Daniel was still alive. And of course, it was because of his God. So <clears throat> I just wanted to say that, you know, it's just the closer you are to God, the closer you stay to God. You don't have to be perfect. You could just be working on yourself, you know, talking to him and building a simple relationship, reading the word and maybe even listening to my podcast or somebody else's or many or wherever whatever you're doing, you know, staying to yourself. I find these days that I I stay a lot to myself. When I stay a lot to myself, it's a whole lot of saying that doesn't go on because I'm not amongst worldly people. Um, I do try to keep friends around me that are like-minded but unfortunately i do not have great friends like daniel did like shadrach meshach and abednego who will actually be on one accord with me as far as studying and this kind of stuff so it's a blessing for this podcast or the page that i created if you want to go over and see it, it is um instagram at the prisoner of the lord just to kind of raise awareness and, and actually find an audience audience that it, it will gravitate to who will naturally just kind of come in and and, and um and uh participate because that's something like you know that I just don't have here so with the world changing the way that it is you know it's hard sometimes every day for a lot of us to stand up in a lot of places and say god 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 but you know i still do and sometimes i have friends even those who say that they are on the same page and they're they're not i tested the spirit by the spirit you know sometimes they just not they don't want to talk about it like it's something that if if sometimes i talk about it they're okay other times i talk about they just don't want to hear it so it's just like um the times are changing. Are you gonna just shut up and not say anything anymore? Are we not gonna raise awareness anymore? Are we not gonna share scripture anymore? You know, like what's gonna happen is that is when the new world order comes in. That's what really terrifies terrifies me for people, because in Revelation, everybody keeps talking about oh you know the chip and the mark of the beast. Well, you know they say in the Revelation it says I see them the mark of the beast, the name of the beast. Or the number of the beast. So it's either the number of the beast, the mark of the the beast, or the name of the beast. It can be three different things. Now without this, you won't be able to buy, sell, and all that. Now you guys should see how the world is changing already. You already have you have chips and everything. You have chips in your card. You can chip your dog. Some people are chipped around the world and just have like instant access to you know whatever. This is mostly overseas. Some people have chipped their children, supposedly saying that, you know, in case they get lost. Yeah, it's true. just got to Google it or look it up on YouTube. You'll see it. And then also with this um, New World Agenda thing with um, them tracking you, I mean, I just feel like you see the Apple Pay Or the kind of things now, some people have the features where all you got to do is go to the store and swipe it, swipe your phone. You don't even have to use your money anymore. It's going to get more and more like that. So believe it or not, when they say without being able to buy or sell, don't think the technology is not getting to that point where they're going to have something. It's just getting easier and easier and easier. People hardly need to see cash or use cash anymore. So I don't know what it's going to be, but you know it has to do something with buying it. Now, what are you going to do when you're hungry? As you can see, it was Daniel, um, Daniel Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But they were there with hundreds, or maybe over thousands, of other Jewish young kids or or adults, and they were the only ones that were doing this. As a matter of fact, um, when it was time for them, when they the first time they did it, it was only Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that was found not bowing down. That just shows you just how little of a, of of the mass population of them that went over there, or how large I should say of a, of a population of the Jews that over there that got swayed into this new Babylonian religion, or were or who probably wanted to not bow down, they knew it was wrong, but they put their lives first. Which is why Yeshua says those of you who save your life, you know what I'm saying, it's gonna is gonna for my sake is gonna lose it. But those of you who lose your life for my sake is gonna gain it. So, you know, um this is why when they were put in a position, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, Daniel, even Abraham and the examples that I give you, that they chose not to save their lives for his sake. What did he say? He said, "I will save it." That's why their lives got saved. You see what I'm saying? So there's gonna be in the new world order. You're gonna have to. It says it right there in the Bible. There's gonna be an Antichrist. You have to show himself. So whether you believe it or not, new world order. Where do you think it's gonna come from? Where do you think the Bible's a joke? If you. If I'm trying to help with this podcast to show how it, it goes hand in hand, they they both talk about it. The Bible talks about the world. Okay. The world is showing you what is transpiring and said what's going to happen in the Bible. That's the most important thing to remember and to give it a chance and a try because it's a journey. It's not something that you're just going to get right away. you know. But with these days and times changing like that, when, what are you going to do when you're hungry? Or what are you going to do when your baby's crying and you need some milk? How many are going to be strong to say and trust God or whatever to say, or, or willing to take a bullet because they got to get rid of you? It says it right there in Revelation. First of all, it says that whoever is not of of The system This is going to be A godless reign This is going to be Just like the new world order The first new world order With the tower of Babel With Nimrod Okay He was a tyrant He beat Old religions and beliefs And God out of them He turned them it's like if you was trying to train the pit bull up to be crazy and, and wild, he trained them up to be rebellious just as he was against God and have them all on one mindset and one accord. That's why I said this is how the, this is a different type of power. That's why you're gonna see that power again coming with the Antichrist when Nimrod returns or the spirit of Nimrod returns and the antichrist that they have to manifest because he the man the the the, the, the um antichrist has to have to rain down fire from heaven and have him be able to do supernatural powers and all that too because he's gonna deceive the masses into thinking that he is is the true messiah when he's the false messiah that's the whole thing but the point is he's going to be trying to do this one world government this one world religion thing and you you got to have a certain type of power and you not no one man in this world the regular human being has ever lived and managed to get you can't do it okay and since the last time it happened until now it never happened again so what are you going to do when they say you know you can't buy you can't eat food you can't get gas you can't have a house to eat. You know how I mean? People are going to have a breaking point. That's why it's so important to understand these things. You know, daring to be like Daniel, to dare to be like Daniel means to trust God more than you fear the outcome of something that's going to happen because you are standing for God or speaking up for God. You know what I mean? Daniel didn't lose anything. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego didn't lose anything. All the evil kings learned something from it, even if they didn't end up converting. And enter. but I know that um, Nebuchadnezzar did. Right before he died, he that's what that's what the Lord had prophesied that after he lost his mind and would be exiled and be eating like an animal or acting like an animal, eating grass from the ground with his own mouth, that um, there will be a time when he you know to get relief, he going to have to he's going to have to look up to the sky or something and confess that God is God. Lord, Lord of the King of Kings. That's it because he went and erected that daggone statue up there. You're not supposed to have a grave and idol image of anything. But I just wanted to tell the people, you know, you've got to be brave. We have to stand up. We have to stand for something. Who's on the Lord's side? That's the whole point of this podcast is to say, who's on the Lord's side? Are we going to silence ourselves? I love when I go out in the street and I see people and they make like, like I saw a guy the other day, he got a big piece of wood and a huge, I mean, he must have put like whatever those like presentation boards that kids use in high school to do like the biology or the science presentations he had to get like three of those and he managed to make uh, put like wood on the back so that it was sturdy and it didn't flap in the wind and he put a bunch of big screw but he wrote big and he just stood on a corner i love when i see people do that i love when i'm like here in new york city or if i ever take the train and go like deeper into the city and then, like i see people either like uh, singing a scripture or saying um um, you know all the world's devil's playground. They just like keep saying and say, I love that because I love to see that there's a spirit at work that's always going to be here that is of God. That is the Daniel spirit, you know, that's the one that's gonna stand up and yeah, you might look crazy, yeah, you might sound crazy, but it's not for your glory, it's for his glory. You know what I'm saying? And it's not because you you're trying to sit there and, and, and make a name for yourself, it's because you wanna help people, because you know that there's a big lie and deceit that's going on out here because you don't wanna see them suffer anymore because they don't deserve to be lied to like that. Because their soul does matter, you know what I'm saying? Because you wanna see them in the kingdom. You know, you don't want Satan to win this fight. You want to save as many souls as possible because I'm telling you, he got souls and millions of souls from every generation of the world. I can only imagine how many people's on reserve or on standby. You know, so what the what to do is. To stand up, not only for yourself, for your soul, for, you, for God, you know, first and foremost, don't lay down for anything, not for a piece of bread, you know, not for a seat of power and position, um, certainly uh, not because you're going to be afraid that they're going to throw you in. And, you know, in these situations, each time they were going to die, you know, that, that's what I want everyone to stress, too. They were going to die. There was nothing in it that said, oh, you're just not going to eat or going to like, you know, if you go to jail, or something happens, they put you on something called the shoe or the box or solitary confinement. No. I mean, we're going to kill you. You don't even hear that today yet, you know, but the, when the New World Order comes, because this is Babylon. That's how Babylon gets down. That's that's the whole point of this thing, too, is Babylon's mentality. We're going to come in. We're changing your name. We're going to come in. We're killing your religion. We're going to come in. If you was the best of the best over here, well, you're going to brainwash. You. Now you're not going to be the best of the best over here doing this. Um, don't eat this. Eat that. You know what I'm saying, and and it's just that way. And then it's supposed to be like after a while you're supposed to get with the program, so that by the time they erected, come on, this is Babylonian stuff. They erected statues. You're supposed to bow down. This is the mentality. You don't want to bow down. You want to pray to your God. After I signed this degree, that said, don't pray to your God. Kill you. You're off. You know, off with his head type of thing. And that's what they're gonna be all about. How do, do you think? There's no room in a new world order for no godly thinking, conscious minded person. Okay, so you're either going to stop all of that. Like I just told you, like all the other people did, you know what I'm saying? Go along to get along, and and damn your soul, or are you gonna stand up for something and know that God got your back, because like he said, those of you who save your life for my sake or for mine, or basically to to you know or deny me to save your life, so to speak, is basically what he's saying. He said, I don't know you. He said, but those of you who you know risk your life not be ashamed to say that you know me—that's different. You gonna get your life back. Now you're gonna get. Now you're gonna get your life, meaning nobody gonna touch you. Okay, but till um, you're gonna get your life, eternal life in the kingdom of heaven. And so that's what I want to say. Just dare to be like Daniel. Don't be afraid um to say something or or share an episode. Or not well, even if it's just this or a YouTube video, a meme from somebody. You know, don't be afraid to. uh kind of somebody that you might be thinking of right now that might you might want to share. You know they're stubborn and hard. Don't be afraid to keep trying every once in a blue. You don't want to bombard somebody, but dare to be a Daniel. Dare to let your light shine. You know, a city on a hill cannot be hid. We are a city. Lord said above, a candlestick. You don't take a candlestick and hide it under a bushel. You let it shine. You got to let your light shine out here, okay? We are the salt of the earth, and um we are to... Feed his sheep, he said. If you love me, feed my sheep. Okay, so who's on the Lord's side? And also, dare to be a Daniel. I'll see you next time. Hope you enjoyed the episode. I think what's upside down.